Yeah, I mean, when we wanted a cat, we really just wanted to just kind of, you know, do our part and just help out and right. just kind of get one from a shelter. She was actually rescued from a kill shelter in New Jersey. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so the woman that was taking care of her at the time had her at a foster house. And man, like, she herself was having like 25 cats in her house, oh. taking care of them, just trying to rescue them as much as possible and find them a home. So if you guys need a cat, let me know. I can get you in contact. <laughs> what? What kind of cat? Uh, like, is she it... is, I think she's just like a tabby cat. It's, it's all of them are like domestic short hair now at this point, you know, but she, nothing really special with her fur. She's just adorable. Well, good to know. Yeah. I'm glad uh, you're seeing cats I'm, out here. Thank you. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. funny because now that I'm like kind of into cats and stuff, my whole social media feed is filled with cat content mm -hmm. now, of course. They'll do that. Yep. Speaking of that, you're the content creator of uh, Acuity, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, person, I'm basically the guy that does everything social media related. We're a small company, so everyone wears like multiple hats, and and one of my main hats is just social media content creation and uh, general marketing for the company. Okay. Yep. I forgot we we didn't introduce him on this. <laughs> no, on this we, we totally missed that one. Yeah, you can go ahead. Do it again. Do it yeah, again. My name Do is Eddie. my name is Palin, and uh, I've known Eddie for almost a decade now. And coincidentally, Eddie, of course, is sponsored by Acuity. He drives the Acuity Type R, and I basically work for the company that sponsors him. Eddie, say, what are you doing? I'm, I'm you couldn't just get... wait to do this shit afterwards? No, 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 no. <laughs> there, I couldn't see you. For whatever reason, my screen stopped working. My, do my docking station wanted to you be... You got really uh, pixelated for a second. Difficult. Yeah. My docking station was not working, so I couldn't see anybody or hear anything. So I had to uh, Okay, so, likely story. All right. He was just playing so, with himself, everybody. Sorry, sorry. I had to get it over with. I had to get the, mm -hmm. take the edge off, as they say. Palin, we've known each other for quite some time. And I just want to hear sort of your backstory with, you know, cars. And, you know, a lot of people might think you are like the biggest Honda person. But, you know, actually, you're more of a Euro trash kind of guy. I mean, pretty much. I mean, I started out with the clapped out Beamer life. <laughs> So basically, I mean, my dad uh, and my, both my parents, actually, we work in the restaurant industries. And of course, like to Asian culture, like a big thing that makes them feel like they've, you know, made it in the world is like getting a European car. So Mercedes, BMW, you know, the, the whole the whole jazz there. And so that's how I got into the German cars. And my dad actually used to have an E30 M3. And this was right around when I was born. And then. His excuse was he wanted to trade it in for a more practical car so that I could drive with him. And he chose a convertible 325i instead. <laughs> not much different. <laughs> not much safer either. But I mean, the funny thing is it's, it's the car that eventually got me really, really into BMWs because it was kind of like that hard to reach car because my dad like put it in storage. So we worked on it a little bit when I was in middle school. And that's kind of how I got interested in working on cars. And then after a couple of years, I get my permit. I suffer a couple of years driving a Volvo S70 that's like really, really run down, high right. mileage and everything for the delivery car for my restaurant. And then once that car kind of went, it was around junior, senior year of high school. And, my, and I asked my dad if I could take that car to storage because it was practically worth nothing. It needed new brake lines. It needed a whole cooling system overhaul. The top didn't work. It was all moldy on the inside. So there's a lot of work that the car needed before I could actually drive it safely. I was actually fixing it and I didn't even know how to drive it. I didn't know how to drive manual at the time. <laughs> so I was basically fix fixing a clapped out Beamer without even knowing how to drive it. So that took about a year and a half, three part-time summer jobs. And then uh, lots of dates missed by my then ex-girlfriend, of course. <laughs> Just like <laughs> crawled into like my little hut trying to just like finish this car and spending all my money on it. But um, eventually I got that car running enough to drive it my senior year of high school. So that was a lot of fun. And basically that's how I really got into the BMW platform. And then it kind of got a little bit further when I tried doing a turbocharged build on it. So it took me a little bit more time to do that. But that was my peak with like car modification, I'd say. And then I got into so Hondas. <laughs> he wised up. He wised up. He he was I like got you tired know, of the liability issues. <laughs> he's like you know what? like windows that roll down. Yep. So. I also like a car that that just smells decent. 
Yeah, they just I always mean, smelled like a little moldy, a little dusty. So <laughs> actually, mm-hmm. I first saw you at on Ignition Tube when I used to watch that, and you were oh you really? Know, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Eli um, really was a big part of the process of like getting all of these the stuff done and motivating me to get it done too. We right. started, I think, hanging out senior year of high school too, junior senior year of high school around that time, mm-hmm. and um, we basically bonded over the fact that we were like the only car guys in our class and we we eventually started wrenching on each other's cars and then eli of course wanted to pivot a music youtube channel into a car channel Mm. and so that was kind of like his transition was like he wanted to go from music and then just start on cars and it kind of was history from there so that's really cool that you saw ignition too because like that's like my og (laughs) og youtube days before i even started youtube while ago Dot them three and all of them. Oh my God. Yeah. Cody. I haven't seen him in a long time. I got to visit the doc. He actually texted me about a month ago and I got to visit soon. It's been a long, long time. I think the pandemic has like pretty much like felt like a time hop. So you're like, oh, that was last. No, that was like five years ago. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) The past, I was just like counting in my head like how many years of COVID. It's going to be four years soon. Yeah, 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 which is crazy because I still think I guess that's what did that. Yeah. Twenty twenty, there have been people that <laughs> went to college during the pandemic freshman year and never actually probably really went to classes. When you think probably about not, it. yeah, it's crazy. Things are wild. Yeah, also uh, different generation of school children in general, like K to twelve, like oh, a generation weird. that had four years worth of education that wasn't really in person fully. It's nuts. I feel like we're gonna start seeing the effects of that in the next few years yeah i hope that it balances like there's some like bad things about it like how like social development kind of works but at the same time i bet you there's probably going to be some benefits because dude i feel like there's going to be yeah there's going to be some benefits because i mean let's just talk about it you know i'll just get this right away warzone came out during the pandemic (laughs) perfect timing yo i'll tell you something like i have never tried that hard at a video game in my later 20s than anything here's i mean like here's my thing with video games like you say like trying and learning and like getting into it like you're on a level still above me because like i feel like i got left in the dust when i was playing with my friends in high school i was like barely good enough to play with them and then nowadays i just feel like everyone just like jump started because i haven't really seriously played video games since like high school me neither me getting back into warzone with y'all i was like I'm just here to talk to you, so I'm just gonna walk in a straight line <laughs> and just like hide. <laughs> yeah, you're good at that. You're good at that, though. No, I can be yeah, very patient. Wait, definitely. I'm camp. I'm definitely. The well, we used you as bait. We're like, all right, you go out there, and if you're dead, then we know that there's people out there. Because I, I don't think I you're get. St- I don't get into it when like you die in a, like a crucial moment. I'm just like, well. There it goes. <laughs> I guess we got well, it again. Take it seriously. Yes. <laughs> you know, some people can't handle it because they get too excited and they start to like almost get nervous. Like if there's like yeah. people coming around the corners and stuff. Yeah, your hands get clammy. Clammy. You start shaking. You, know, yeah. you don't know what to do. The circle's <laughs> getting smaller. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I just want to throw back. Devin, did you watch that Ignition 2 video of the Focus ST exhaust oh, delete? Frank the Focus. Was it the white one? No, it was a black no, one. No, it was a black, black one. Black one. It was a pre-facelift, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, the one I where uh, Eddie, I do was, Eddie, Eddie I was showing in that off one. his vocal cords and sang a song for us. And then Bro, it was I, so long ago. That was so long ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I was in college, I think. That car is still roaming around somewhere. My yeah. friend Alex's. Yeah, so Ignition Tube. Yeah, that's... I mean, I think we met through Eli. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's how we met. Yes, because Uh, I mean that. I mean, honestly, like I wouldn't have met most people if it weren't for Eli. When I think about it, because Eli was the person that kind of really threw himself out there in the community. I was really introverted in high school. I didn't actually really become more extroverted, like like how you know me, basically, until like college. So it took me a little bit. It's never too late. (laughs) You know, seriously. So, so where do you live now? You don't live in Um, Connecticut, right? No, no. Right now I live in Everett, Massachusetts. I also like split time a little bit with my folks in Lexington. I'm actually going to end up moving back there 
uh, probably this spring with my fiance because we didn't want to rent anymore, but we also didn't want to buy a house. So right. my parents coincidentally were going to move out into a different house that they uh, used to rent to restaurant employees. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're renovating that. So it's kind of like a big, just one step shift over. Right. So it's just to kind of hold us over financially and allow us to kind of save equity somewhere uh, right. to put towards a house whenever the market chooses to become favorable. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. I was actually going to ask you, Pound, was that a forever thing, the Lexington home? It sounds like you want to move somewhere else eventually. I mean, honestly, like, I don't want to live in the Lexington house forever. And, and my whole family kind of agrees with this. It's because it's it's built on wetlands. So it's fine right now, completely livable. And it's a nice house. But like, I can foresee in like, maybe 25, 50 years, that's going to need some major like foundation work or something. I was going to say the foundation sinks, because that's what always Dude. happens. Yeah. Remember, remember, like maybe six, seven years ago, there was that like rainstorm that lasted like two weeks straight or something. And oh, you mean summer of twenty three? <laughs> this well, that that too. But I'm saying that like there was multiple years ago where I remembered that there was so much rain in my neighborhood that I looked behind my house and there was like waves coming up against my porch, like in the mm, backyard. Oh we didn't have a basement, so we were well off. Just the water was just getting real close. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I think the Lexington house will probably be temporary for who knows how many years but we collectively are thinking of it as like a cash cow so it's just like let it yeah. sit yeah. finish finish paying it off and lexington is a very high value like real estate area Absolutely. so we're hoping that we can make like a really decent penny off of it and then have that be like a funding towards different houses different living environments stuff like that we're trying to really think like slowly but at the same time like try to maximize the benefits with the living situation, you know, because nowadays it's like money's getting really tight left and right. The housing market is just insane <clears throat> in Massachusetts. I mean, Devin is over here being like, oh man, Virginia's getting, getting expensive, getting expensive. You could, you got to pay like 200 grand for a house. Okay, you... bro. It is yeah. not that cheap. <laughs> all right. All right. I want to paint a picture in your head. Paint uh, an apartment in Boston. Okay. Like, like not even a nice apartment. We're talking like a so, walk-in closet for some people. So this is like the city in Massachusetts. The, the city. Boston okay. is like the city. Boston's like right. Richmond or DC for you. Okay. All right. You're probably, let's say you're not even in like the financial district or downtown. Let's say you're on the outskirts, like even like East Boston or Southie. Mm -hmm. You're probably talking for like, like a real dumpy as they say to most people you're like, like a studio how, what do you think like 750 800,000 and that's for like something that yeah. needs work well like for me condo. i look at everything right now by by monthly payment because i don't i don't i haven't really valued like condos much honestly oh a condo um, you're yeah you're over a mil yeah for condo, like a condo. condos are like easily a mil around here for a decent place but like for example my old unit was a 950 square feet it was mm -hmm. a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment. It had a porch. It was 20 minutes without traffic away from Boston, 15 minutes okay. from the airport, right? So that area, the rent we were paying was 3350 Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's base. So that doesn't right. include me. That doesn't include the $100 per car parking spot in the garage. Fuck and then also that. another $50 a month for having a cat. And, Wait a minute! Uh, they charge you for the cat? Yeah, yeah they, they charge you for the cat. But that, that's on that's on like the good value side because we had to negotiate down because they wanted an extra two hundred more for the base price. But we <sighs> had to complain a lot because we weren't satisfied with a lot of different things from the old place. Yeah. So they ended up moving us to a different unit that was a little bit bigger, but they matched the price, and that was the only reason why we moved so that they can charge the next person mm, a higher price money. Right. Yeah. Oh, they also it's forgot crazy. to mention. You also forgot to mention that you you saved them a bunch of money on their pipe work. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So like in my experience with like HVAC, I used to work in construction. Like you have to develop an eye of just looking around and spotting an issue, right? And I just happened to be walking through the garage with one of my buddies. We were just kind of tinkering with something on his car or something, and it was like 11 p.m. And I see water dripping out of a pipe. And it's one of those like drain, the black drain pipes with like the end caps that are like red. I can't, I forget the formal name for them, but basically the cap was pushed off because the entire pipe had frozen over. Mm -hmm. 
and it was actively leaking. And I basically told the security guy, hey, you guys might want to check that pipe ASAP because it's leaking right now. But I guarantee you, if that water runs out, it's going to become an issue. 5 a.m. rolls around, the fire alarm goes off. (laughs) So I think what had happened was the programming of the building has a failsafe. Well, not really a failsafe. It's more like a generic like report alarm that something's wrong with the system. So when all the water drained from that pipe, I think that pipe fed all the sprinklers. So basically, once that all drained out, it triggered a fire alarm. And then um, they didn't know exactly what was going on for like 24 hours until they saw my email and then got the report from the security guy. Damn. They should have gave you something. Oh, they did. They gave me a box of Ferrero Rochers that I couldn't eat because I'm allergic to them. (laughs) Oh, great. (laughs) I mean, it's a nice gesture, but like... There were two occasions where they gave me a gift and then something for else, but like they didn't really do the due diligence of asking like, do you have any dietary restrictions? Because like the second time it was just like stuff that had a lot of dairy in it. And I was like, well, I'm vegan, so I don't and lactose intolerant. (laughs) Right. Bad combo. Bad combo. Like, I don't know. I get like my opinions of where I live now are kind of like up and down. (laughs) It's like right in the middle right now for the price that I pay for it, especially, you know. I always enjoy it. It's a good place. Yeah, I like it. honestly. It's worth it because of the amenities too. Like it has a gym, it's got a nice pool, it's got a grill outside that you can use. And for dogs, like they have a dog park, so your dogs can kind of roam free. But really, it's like still right in close proximity to the city, where like you hear the moped, the moped crews like blazing by on wheelies, driving by in the middle of the twelve o'clock boys. Yeah, and on on the previous on the previous unit that I lived in, all I heard was idling diesel trucks. They would have mm. their generator cycle every 15 minutes throughout the I night. I that noise. So that sucked. Uh, but yeah, it. long story short, it's expensive to live in Boston. We're like the top five, if not top three, like most expensive places to live now. It's wild. Country. That is it's wild. pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Well. So, Powen, tell us, uh, it's weird interviewing you because I know all these fucking answers. So like for me, yeah. I'm like trying to but think of things. <laughs> but Devin doesn't know and the audience probably doesn't know. Um, yeah, fire away. So, so yeah, so you had your turbo BMW, you thought you mm-hmm. were the shit with airbags, you know, well, well, so, so hold on. So that car really was the car <laughs> where like, I want to try everything that I can in one car just to kind of feel the scene out and see where I fit in, you know, like, okay, air ride is something new, especially for that platform. There wasn't a lot of people that documented it. So that was kind of the reason why I wanted to start YouTube is I wanted to document new things on the E36 platform. You were an explorer of the I was an explorer, yeah. And the car wasn't really worth that much. So I was like, I don't really care if I put a turbo build that costs about the same price as the value of the car. Like, whatever. (laughs) Like, it's just experience and technical, like, knowledge gathering, in my opinion. Because I was very, very... Now, now in hindsight, I know it's ADHD, but, like, I'm obsessed with, like, (laughs) learning things. I literally just got diagnosed, like, three months ago. So it's, like, a pretty awakening event, realizing how I kind of sifted through the car scene. Because, like, most of the stuff was motivated by impulsive like decisions to just try something new just because i wanted to like feel it out right when i didn't know whatever the heck i was doing to begin with so i was just like yep if i screw up at least the car isn't worth much it's not like bugatti or lamborghini or anything so that car taught you and i think a lot of us a lot because yes you know it's time for patience (laughs) i was gonna say we all sort of i mean i'm not saying i had a big hand in it but i just remember like going over there and just wrenching on the thing and at the end of the day, we had really very little knowledge of what the hell we were doing. Yeah. And this was like, of course, before I went to college when we started it, because like I, as I kind of went through my mechanical engineering program, like I kind of learned that like, wow, that wasn't really safe when I did that. Ah, that was kind of stupid when I tried to do it disorder and stuff like that. Like you learn a lot like when you're in your 20s. So when you look back, you're just like, oh, thank God I'm still alive. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure wear like masks or gloves or anything so it's just oh like oh my god i'm getting i look back and this the stupid things and just thinking i still have all 10 fingers and all eight toes i smashed my hand really bad on the exhaust toes? here yeah <laughs> i was joking yeah uh, <laughs> toes. nobody got that nobody got that one but uh, yeah so so you so you did your whole e36 your first e36 we'll get to the next one later uh, yeah, and the multiple. So, <laughs> so you, you know, you had this car, Gertrude, 
You still have the car. It runs. Mm -hmm. It still runs. I it saw still it. Runs fine. It has like kind of a, it has a cruddy tune, but I mean, like it pulls hard and it runs great. It's never let me down yet. Knock on wood. I so. honestly feel like you should keep it in that sort of look and not ever redo it, just to remind you where you started from. And oh, of also, course. It, it's yeah. a time capsule of what the car community and aftermarket community was like during the 2010s. And I feel like that car, that whole style is gone. Nobody's doing stuff like that anymore. Oh, yeah. I think, you honestly, know? like, if there was anything left to do in the car, I'd probably just finish up the loose ends because there's some panels that are missing and some small things. But I think, honestly, the most I'm going to do is exactly like you say. I'm going to keep kind of the body the way it is. I thought about doing, like, a cheap eBay Rocket Bunny kit, but I was just like, eh, it's too much. Too much effort no. for, for my time. <laughs> no, no, no. I and, think, um, you know... If you want my opinion, which you probably don't, but I'm going to give it to you anyways, <laughs> get a new fucking set of wheels for that thing and just clean up the interior. That's that's what I would do yeah. and just drive it oh, to yeah. the ground and just enjoy it because I think it's more of a it's not a car that you're going to be breaking lap records with. No. So many people are and, like, why aren't you tracking it? It's like, because I'll die. Well, <laughs> like, first thing, it's a convertible. The brakes that's are going to like burst on the track from the heat and then like. Oh my god, and the engine's gonna probably fall out. Oh. It's more of a sentimental car and 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 that's what it should be. I don't think it should yeah. be a project. I mean, the project part is done, right? You've done that part yeah. of its life. The, all of the things like the the little like milestones I wanted to try on the car are done. Like I understand how to build a turbo system, I understand how to airbag suspension functions and what goes into a project. I basically started understanding in like Concretely, I understood concretely how expensive everything is. <laughs> like, how yeah, to budget. Yeah. Because you can't, because that's something you just don't know when you're young. It's like you spend so much money on it. Like, and then you don't really understand that, like, it accumulates. And, like, long story, like, I don't know, it takes, like, maybe a year of working on cars before you realize, like, damn, I spent probably, like, $10,000, $15,000 on mods or my, right. of my town, too. And then you think <laughs> later on, damn, I could have bought so much Bitcoin and been a fucking millionaire. Well, yeah, well, we'll fast forward to my M3 and the reason why I bought that. It involves Bitcoin. I was going to say, Powen, Powen's, Powen was, yeah, Powen's gone through some stages in his life. But yeah, I, you know, I really do enjoy that car because whenever I see it or whenever you post about it, it brings back to my college years. It brings back oh, yeah. to my younger times. And I think about how lucky I was to have met you guys. And likewise. I don't think I would have been where I am now without you. So, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, like, fucking car. It's like I said before, like, Eli kind of helped me tiptoe into, like, the whole community and actually go out to meets and, like, go to the car shows, the cars and coffees at Lars Anderson, for example. But I think, honestly, like, everyone that I've met along the way, yourself included, Tom, David, Alex, every, everyone in our friend group, essentially, like, has helped me become more sociable. Because again, I was super shy, and now I feel like I can talk people's ear off and go in different directions. Like Eddie, you and me combined, we're gonna take this podcast oh. and just talk about. It. Oh, I know, <laughs> it's not about cars anymore. Sometimes. So um, no, that's the best part. So, so all right. Brand. So now that you had all of this, you know, ability to talk someone's ear off, how the hell did you get the the brass balls to ask Russ at Acuity? Hey, I want to make videos and content with your stuff. Oh, so you know? it's actually that's I how mean, this whole like, acuity thing started. I just think it's it's funny because like the way that everything kind of went down was well, first of all, none of this would have happened if I didn't buy a 2017 Honda Civic Si for my first like car that I wanted to finance, like brand new. Right. Um, and it was the only the only reason why was because my company allowed me a $500 vehicle allowance because they were making me drive two hours like each direction just to go mm -hmm. to a job site. And so they felt bad. And the only other option was a tool truck, like the small Ford Transit vans. Right. <laughs> and, and I was not going <laughs> to pick up dates in that car <laughs> for sure. But anyways, the 2017 model fit the budget perfectly, including insurance. So I was like, Perfect. all right paid off and so every other car that i was looking at didn't and so i got that car uh within a couple months i racked up ten thousand miles on the car Jeez. and i did not like the shifter anymore like it started feeling really sloppy i was looking for things just to make the car feel more enjoyable to drive and then comes along acuity but there was two companies basically a couple companies a handful of companies that make parts for these cars 
And so I happened to stumble upon Acuity first, and then I wanted to try some of their centering springs, base bushings, just to kind of see how it crispens up the feel of the shifter. And at that time, I was probably around, I don't know, eight, 10,000 subs on YouTube. So I'd been doing a lot of BMW stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to start doing Honda stuff. So I contacted the, I DM'd them actually, and then eventually started emailing, um, I think. And then I asked, hey, like I have a YouTube channel. Like, I think I could get you guys views because this car is brand new. I'm going into the Honda scene. Here are links to all my videos. I think I could generate conversions for you, you know, like get you some sales on the product and work with new products as they come out. Right. Long story short, he said no. <laughs> he was like, we're, we're kind of small. We don't have a budget to really like, you know, allocate free parts. It's a big risk on our end. And we already have a guy that makes videos for us. You know, like we already have people that kind of take care, satiate all the needs for the company at the time. And I was like, you know what? It's fine. You know, what? the parts probably the whole kit was their stage one kit. It was only worth like a hundred bucks. So right. like it was really cheap for like a first mod that gets you shifter cable bushings, <clears throat> base bushings, a centering spring. Long story short, made videos about the products anyways. I really liked them. And then they ended up reaching back out to me and saying, hey, we really like the videos that you make. And we like it to the point where we actually want to give you a prototype, a short throw adapter at the time. Mm -hmm. And then a couple videos more, I start doing more content for them. I start actually making install videos for them. Mm -hmm. And then I eventually transitioned to basically working on their install guides. And so over the course of the next six months, I realized that, wow, I can actually make like a full-time income and then also a part-time income this on YouTube. Right. And I slowly started to realize that YouTube wasn't profitable for me and actually covering the bills with my value of time that I'm putting into it. And then this avenue started opening up more. And so it got to the point where within a year of working with Russ and his team at the time, that he was willing to basically say like, hey, if you want to work full-time with us, we can match your current pay rate at the construction company. And funniest bit was I wasn't, I don't think it was like concretely like in the books, but I took that as a cue to be like, all right, I'm quit my job tomorrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I literally quit my job within 48 hours. And then uh, Russ was like, oh, oh crap. Like, okay, we're actually doing this. All right, let's go for it. You know, like it was kind right. of just like hit the ground running. Wasn't really sure how it was going to pan out. I actually ended up not really working full time, full time for a little bit. So it probably took another year or two before I started consistently working like um, 30 to 40 hours a week, depending, because I was like slowly transitioning into the role and kind of figuring out like, what the heck am I going to be doing best at the company? And so it just took a while to figure it out. But now, like, I guess my my best skills with the company are really just the technical documentation with install guides. So I basically test fit parts on certain cars. I take apart. Uh, volunteer cars that come in just to fit our parts together. And then I document the entire process, cross-reference it to Honda technical documentation, and then basically kind of form a technical guide for customers so that they can install parts. Right. And so like it slowly went from like me being an influencer, then me being influenced for the company, then basically the person that makes videos for the company, and then now basically a person that does documentation and then also the marketing because that's kind of, it kind of flowed well with my mechanical engineering degree too because right. like that's kind of how I got into construction to begin with was they wanted me they wanted an HVAC programmer so like all of the stuff that kind of happened prior before made me a pretty unique fit for the company because it's really hard to find somebody that is a mechanical engineer that knows how to do videos and it knows how to do like really like formatted well and easily organized like technical documents too so like it was really weird because I feel like my role is very unique in a way because mm-hmm. you could split my job into three people. Yeah. And so like I, I handle three different jobs essentially. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's not, it's not less stressful than any other job, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of fun and I wouldn't trade it for anything else. So Acuity that's based in Atlanta, Georgia or yes, somewhere they, in Georgia. Yeah. So I'm the only remote worker because I started working remotely. So like I, I kind of have um, kind of close connections right now here. And also like, I just want to be around my family right. just to be close to my parents. Um, but Acuity started in, <clears throat> sorry, Acuity started in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. And it started actually in Russell's garage. So it was just like a very humble, small operation. And then every year it kind of grew. And uh, I got involved probably year two or three. And then okay. now I think the company is probably what, seven or eight years old now, right, Eddie? 
Yeah. Correctly, it started at 2017, 2018. Yeah. Yeah, it was like 2017, I think. Yeah. Well, basically, right around when Pacific SI came out. Well, they were doing TPS sensors right before I joined, but I basically hopped along when they were really pioneering the parts for the 10th gen platform. Okay. That's awesome. Well, Eddie was actually involved in the prototype shifter. And the radiator hoses. And the radiator hoses, too. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and the banners. And the banners. So do you find cars local to Massachusetts? So not local to here, because all of them are rust buckets. Rusty. Rusty. Yeah, I was going to say, you know that scene in Cars, Fred? That's every freaking Honda that's over five years old around here. Around here, yeah. It's it, and if you find one that isn't rusted out, it's like a garage queen. It's it's just one that only comes out the needs. Okay. Um, but uh, I find most of the cars um, in Atlanta, at least for this round of technical documentation. You know, so we're basically working on a couple parts, but like most of the most of the cars that we take in, it's mm-hmm. just easier when you get a car further down south because like they just don't rust like it does up in the right. northeast and um every bolt just comes apart without a fuss yeah even so the exhaust you, bolts so do you fly back there do the technical stuff and yeah. then fly okay All right. yeah just making sure <laughs> you <laughs> hit the nail on the head uh definitely pricey but i mean it's been working really well for the team and and i'm just really grateful that i can do that you know like i again like i feel like i'm in a very very unique position that started remote before the pandemic so like it was very the same for me when everything got right. happened but yeah they they fly me out to the shop uh, probably once or twice a year mm-hmm. and i my my whole goal is to one document stuff that needs to be documented or just make content around new par- products or old products that we haven't touched yet and then also most recently we were capturing like some manufacturing processes just to kind of show off how we put stuff together and how we like do final finishing on some things right um Basically, like part of my job is just finding what content sticks well for us too. Okay. So, like, I try whatever. Awesome. Yeah, that's it's a job that I definitely you can definitely relate to. You can relate to it, but I just don't enjoy it. Like, you have really to, like you just have like, well, to what's, be. What's what's the most challenging stuff for you that you think that's burning you out a little bit? Because for uh, me, I would say for me, it's video editing. Because like yeah. that's starting to get old for me. Uh, but it's still fun watching the footage. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that stuff. So I don't handle any sort of the the marketing side. That's Ray and Fizzy. Yeah. But oh, I oh oh, I gotta reach out to Ray and get get him yeah. footage of the cars. I keep I've been sick last week, so like it's pushed everything back. And then so right. like, I just haven't put in the time to just like show everything because I wanted to show Russ first before I send it off to Ray, just to kind of yeah. make sure uh, everything kind of looks good. But in terms of like what I see that goes on, like it's just like YouTubers in general, like you always have to be thinking of a way to bring something that either hasn't been done or something creative, but that's like on your mind 24 seven. Like you can't go without, you can't just like relax. You're like, Oh wait, yeah, that's kind of, you're yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's interesting. You say that. Cause one of the things that I, I struggle with is like, am I dealing with imposter syndrome right now or am right. I dealing with like just burnout and stuff like that? Because when you consume social media and then post on social media, I think you end up in this weird toxic loop that is hard to manage if you don't first acknowledge it. But like, right. I feel like a lot of people just constantly compare themselves is kind of what I'm trying to say to oh, yeah. everything on the market. So there's that little bit of desire to be like, I always have to be the first to do something or mm-hmm. the first to set a trend. And honestly, I don't think that that's the case. Like, I think honestly, it comes with time. Like, you'll find the moments where like you find something novel that you think will work really well. Like for us, we found that showing a video that's really cleanly done, showing how a shifter shifts will hit a million views easily. Right. You know, but that took two, three years to figure out because we thought that (laughs) racing content was going to be the profitable stuff for in terms of like growth for the channels and social media platforms. So, yeah. So it took us it took us a while to, to realize that you know what make it as simple as possible so that's really efficient to make right and then you get your best bang for buck for it when it actually does go viral yeah <clears throat> I have a question for you since you do social media pretty much ninety or pretty much all your you know all your time and yeah it's probably just... like I would say forty percent of my time forty fifty okay. percent sometimes because it's like I also do customer service so I answer DMs so sometimes okay. it takes me a little bit to research and you know look up stuff but yeah. So do you ever 
now, like on your free time, if you even have free time, um, do you limit yourself from social media? Like, do you have to give yourself a break from it because you're on it for work purposes? Yeah. So, so kind of going back to like the ADHD stuff, like I do have <laughs> a slight addiction to social media and yeah. I won't, I won't, I'm not going to deny that, but this year cons- I've been consistently trying to limit myself. Right. So I guess nowadays it's really the weekends, unless I'm working on my car on the weekends, I try not to do anything related to work. Cause I always have a slight tendency to check Instagram for both yep. my personal and account. Cause they make it really easy for you to switch between your profile. Yep. So you, I- just, you just have that desire to be like, I want to know what's going on 24 right. seven on all of the stuff that I'm involved with. So like, it's just natural, you know, like, but I have been trying to make an effort to like actually just limit my time on the phone because it's definitely been way better for me mentally just yeah. to kind of like go out throughout my day because you start developing like an anxiety about missing out on something whether it be helping somebody uh missing out on a new trend or like something that you're missing in like pop culture or right. something that you miss with your friend group in the group chat you know like <laughs> the, the no, race car group chat are. i apologize i'm like a fly on the wall but i get so much enjoyment catching up i like let myself ignore the messages for like three to four days at a time and i just spent like a half hour reading it and just like chuckling <laughs> to myself because like stupidity. i it's well it's gotten to the point where like i feel like i don't know what to contribute in that point in time because you guys are so witty and you like spitfire things that's just so <laughs> funny and that's kind of why i'm terrible with group chats because I'm, I'm kind of like it's the same with video games i love watching people play video games i don't like playing the video games myself because it stresses me out because i'm like <laughs> i don't want to let my team down right i don't want to say something stupid i don't want to do something stupid so like in the group chats, I just like, I just kind of sit back and just kind of like watch it like a fly on the wall. That's and, and I learn a lot too from you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, don't take any of the stuff that we say in that <laughs> chat seriously, because half of it is just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I would say at least 75% of it is just Creed memes, like Creed the band. Yeah, nowadays, right? it's Creed memes. That's what it but, mostly is. But no, seriously, like just watching you guys talk technical stuff and also techniques of driving, like even just watching you guys race, the reason why I think I've gotten into it and part of the reason why I feel like I'm learning a lot really fast and kind of fine tuning like how I drive really quickly is because I'm used to watching you guys drive. I'm used to watching what lines you guys choose. And that's kind of one of the benefits that I have at my job, at least with the racing content, because it's like, wow. He took that turn that late into the corner. Right. Holy crap. And like, oh my God, that's 135 miles an hour in a type R in like a single mile straight. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is really helpful. Like for me as a visual learner, the Garmin catalyst yeah. is one of the coolest, you know, inventions ever. Um I wish that existed when I started doing this whole track stuff. I think if I had had something like that in 2016, 2017, I would have been a much better driver or wouldn't have taken me as long to learn how to drive a <laughs> racetrack. Uh, the, like, I mean, most data acquisition tools are only as good as how well you can translate the data. Right. So like if you're looking at a computer screen with a bunch of lines, scribbly lines, which is what it essentially is and you have no idea what these lines represent, then just throw the fucking computer away and just go out <laughs> blindfold and just good luck. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, I look like, at I look at some of the data you guys do and like all these like jumps in here, and I'm just like, I hope you guys understand what you're doing because I don't. I haven't actually tried to understand it, you know? So AIM is like the Android, and Garmin is the iPhone. That's pretty much Great it. way, great okay. interpretation. I will say, I will say it is it is fun seeing the, the Garmin callus being like, oh, you could have done like, 0.3 seconds better in this sector right. or something like that or you're you're running faster oh keep going you know it's also funny a great, enough yeah no keep sorry, going. go ahead you go no no you no, go no no you i got okay, nothing so else no, to say. what <laughs> i was saying was i'm i'm keeping it simple like i have i think uh the hp tuners um what what's that app it was the track track addict, track addict track it. Yeah. yeah and um it's it's a decent app and all i'm really doing is just tracking my time um, and then it's also nifty to have like a video footage overlaid on top of it and kind of have an estimation on the G's, G-forces and like where you turn and how fast you're going. Um, but the biggest thing for me that made me learn really quickly was having an instructor drive my car. Yeah. That oh, was yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. then they are the ones that know how far you can kind of push yourself as a novice and be like, oh, wow, this is how late you can actually brake, how hard he's braking, how, how he's modulating throttle in between a corner, you know, small things. 
Yeah, yeah, that's always a good thing to do. At least when I went on my first HPD, like we did lead follow with the instructors mm-hmm. in their own vehicle. But even then, that's awesome. you could still get a sense of what the line was, where they were braking, et cetera, et cetera. Even if they weren't going as fast as they were, but it just familiarized yourself with the track. Yeah. I guess the biggest challenge for me, like, is just I'm not tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm like oh i know where to break but i can't really freaking see it like oh my god i got max height on my seat max forward position and i'm still like just seeing over the dash and so i'm like god help me i'm kind of guessing here so right now is your seat like almost touching the the ceiling the roof oh no it's so it's no you're good it's an extra small seat but i'm just saying on the bracket itself is as high as it could Mm. feel like if i had a slider mechanism yeah. underneath it it would bump it up just enough that yep. I, I, have I was enough. gonna say throw a slider in that mm-hmm. that adds at least an inch and a half awesome yeah i'll consider it or i was i was thinking about getting plates to mount to the floor and then mounting the brackets to the plate to give me an extra half inch or something i'll like do that. it too i mean the one thing about the slider is i mean no one will be able to fit in your seat anyways yeah. but if you had a friend who was essentially a human praying mantis then yeah, they could drive the car with the slide. You know, only makes so, so so my choice of shops has been very carefully laid out. Like my alignment guy can fit in the car. The guy that does my inspections can kind of fit in my car. Eli can fit in my car, <laughs> and then that's it. It's only those four people. I don't think anyone else is going to fit in the car. It's can always funny a- bringing your car to like a dealership. At least when I bring my car to the Mercedes dealership, they open the door and they're like, they're like I'm not getting in that seat. <laughs> like you're gonna have to drive it in but can you sign right. this waiver <laughs> um, your seat's really yeah, comfortable though yeah my it is now. yeah it is i can imagine i really like my choice of seat too i'm glad that i went with the cobra seat because it just oh, seems the cobra to... seat too. oh I like yeah cobra. i have a cobra seat <laughs> the only thing that i added to mine was i took this little like lumbar cushion and mm-hmm. I inserted it behind the foam on the lower section that's like the longer section. Right. And that gave me a better profile on my back. So when I like kind of lean back into it, I can cruise for longer without having to like really want to get out and stretch and stuff. My Ooh, I'll let is... you into a secret that I have oh, in my okay. seat. So you can go online and they make like these little vibration air, like it, <laughs> no, 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 no. They make like these little air air pumps and it has like a bag at the end. Mm-hmm. And you just put that oh. behind the back, and there you go. That's awesome. You have your mm-hmm. lumbar support. I have it in my car. Heck yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I'll definitely consider that. That it's, reminds it's me a, of... And it's really easy to do, because it's just, you slide in behind it. That's the cool. padding pops I've also out. seen, like, the foam, like, stuff where, like, you can, like, mold your body to it, but that's, like, what the pro guys do, right? They, like, do the seat cushion for the... The, the, the pro people have, like, they have, like, a really large seat, and then everybody... <clears throat> gets fitted for these like foam inserts, inserts. Mm-hmm. and you got to sit in basically a tub of foam pretty much for a couple minutes oh, wow. let that thing settle and then there you go there's your race seat it's probably like the foam that you spray into your packaging boxes you know? absolutely like, no that's that's literally yeah. what it is okay. and like a giant fucking airport airline barf bag is basically what it is <laughs> wow sitting falses yeah it's racing isn't all pretty Honestly, this the Cobra seat is the only aftermarket seat I don't have any like lumbar support or side padding. On my Sparco, I had the lumbar like uh, pillows that you could buy that, mm-hmm. that Velcro to the seat, and then I had the side pillows as well. But yeah, the Cobra seat is so comfortable. I I mean, I drive that car like eight hours to events and then drive it back. Yeah, home. yeah, so. it's just something about way you can angle the seat and also right. i think like the quality of right where you're right under your thighs essentially because i found that if the seat's uncomfortable it's either your lower back your butt or your your behind your knee that's going to start getting like really numb yeah. and it's just kind of like that's that's it's hard for me to find a good seat because everything is made for like a taller slightly taller person <laughs> than me with a slightly more body mass because i'm pretty scrawny <laughs> <laughs> i i will say like we're going a little off topic here but car like having a good seat in a car is grossly underrated when you're purchasing a vehicle like you don't realize because like that takes a while to figure out like you can sit in a car for an hour and not realize that 
it's not comfortable until you get home and you're like, why do I have like a nerve oh, tweak in my left butt cheek? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on here? You know, Type R seats are probably one of the best OEM seats. Oh, they're fantastic. Those are great seats. Yeah, I think um, that they're they're good. Yeah, they're good shape. I will say the Vaders were great, but they're not good for long distance driving, in my opinion. Um, they're lookers, as they call it. Yeah, they look, <laughs> they look great. great. They look great. But you know, if you got a pancake butt, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, I think honestly, I'm probably going to just swap the seats to the convertible just so that I can keep them somehow, you know, but also not have them like sitting on a shelf. Well, I hope whoever drives that car other than you's got a dumpy because if they don't, they're going to be hurting the next couple days after driving that thing. <laughs> Those Vaders were uncomfortable. They looked great though. Like you looked yeah. like fucking badass. Well, um, now, like that car was, what do you have, like a 95, 96? Uh, 97. 97. Yeah. yeah, they're like, what, 30 years old, like 30 year old leather seats. Yeah. So it's probably the fact hard. that they're in any decent condition is impressive. Yeah, exactly. The like foam is probably fuck. If you have an E36 and you have like an intact rear seat cushion with right. like no scratches, it's like you're king. Right. <laughs> it just don't exist unless they're reupholstered. Like it's to the point where there's a booming business now for reupholstered kits. Like people just send I believe it. So it's hard to find Vader seats that aren't torn the fuck up. It's also hard to find a hard top for an E36 in general that just is decent. Yeah. Ergonomics mine, is... Mine included. I was going to say, ergonomics in vehicles are one of those things that you don't realize until you buy a luxury car. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like, yeah. that's those are the places where you see the difference between an Acura and a Honda. A lot of people are like, oh, an Acura is just a Honda with a body kit, or, you know, maybe some chrome trim. But like if you sit in an Acura seat in like a TSX and then you jump into mm-hmm. an Accord seat, that's where you feel the difference. Oh, yeah. You know, like I said, you... so so I drive my, my fiance's CRV every now and then. She's got a 2016, right? And my parents recently got, I think, a 2019 or a 2020 MDX, an Acura MDX, mm-hmm. just the base one. And I sat in that car and I was like, wow, like there's a <laughs> big improvement in just like how you feel driving and just like the ambiance when you sit in the car and she's like. All right, I I understand why this could be like forty thousand, fifty thousand, you know, instead right. of like a thirty thousand dollar car. It's Easily. it's it's the little things, and mm-hmm. it's it's a hard sell for a lot of people who bought Hondas for a long time, right? It's like yes. why would I buy the Acura when I could buy a loaded Accord Touring, or I could buy a base whatever TLX or whatever they call them nowadays, but it's like. When you take a five-hour car ride and you get out of the Honda, I'm not saying that all Hondas are like this, but I'm just giving an example. You get out of the Honda and you're like, oh my God, where's the fucking wheelchair? <laughs> and then you get out of the Acura and you're ready to go. And like, you know, your two-year-old kid's like, daddy, I want to go to the park and you can actually walk with him to the park. <laughs> you know, that's where the money's spent. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And so, and granted, actually, Acura is a perfect example of like, where the differences are because there really aren't as many differences as a lot of people think like it is the integra in particular is especially compared to the 11th gen civic that's what i mean the 11th gen civic is a fantastic car and i would say the si has great seats too it's not like those are bad seats i guess what you're trying to say is like is it is it getting is the discrepancy between the models becoming less or more would you say a lot of people think it's less but what i was trying to say is the seats are one of the things that you don't realize because when you're doing a test drive, you're only in there for 15, 20 minutes. But if you're taking long car rides, you'll notice it. You know, I wish like test drives were kind of like how they do it in Europe in some places where like you get test to drive drives a car. aren't even a thing anymore, I feel like. Yeah, they don't even let you. Like, oh, you got to put a $5,000 deposit. With, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I know. To buy before you can test drive. I'm like, this is YouTube channel. Do you want to buy it? <laughs> like why do we need racetracks it's because that's how you sell a freaking car nowadays right. like if you had a dealership take a customer in a honda civic type r with 15 20 dollars over msrp and you take them on the track i guarantee you you'd probably make a better sale and actually have them overspend at the same time like it, it's just it's a no-brainer having a twenty thousand dollar markup on like a fifty thousand forty two thousand dollar car and then like not offer a test drive it's ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. 
that's the reason why people buy these like expensive Mustangs and then roll it off the lot and then hit a tree. <laughs> like, no, oh, yeah. like, you're they not don't wrong. Know what they're getting into. I was hearing a rumor like from a long time ago. There's this one guy that like I don't know if it's true or not, but I think he was trying to relate it to like a statistical argument. But like basically, the reason why like staggered setups with tires are so popular in the United States is because the Europeans think that we drive better if we have a staggered setup. Or something like that. I don't know if he was just trying to throw shade, but he was just like, "Yeah, it's like nobody in Europe really takes the the staggered setup, like at least before modern times, because it is like square tire setups were more common than staggered. If you compared them like period to period, in in more more staggered cars in the U.S. than in Europe is kind of what he was trying to say. But I have no idea. I don't have any facts to back that up at the moment. It's just something that popped in my mind. I wonder honestly why they use staggered setup in the situation. I actually know a bit about this. Um, I mean, I have no like concrete facts and figures, but just from talking with people and reading it up. So the main reason this whole staggered thing started was to um for ride and handling reasons. Like mainly it was to induce understeer because a lot of these cars, when they come from Europe. European drivers inherently are better than Americans. I hate to say that well, to a degree. They're better trained. They're better. That's what trained I mean. They're, they're better trained. Yeah. They're used to windy ass back roads. They're used to having a car rotate. You know, they're also, used to really, really tight traffic. Like just maneuvering a car. Yeah. Like really, really manual, precise. You know. And and when these cars originally came over to the states, a lot of fucking soldiers, you know, who just got off. Uh, out of service in World War II were killed because of these British little sports cars for, you know, this reason, just spin out and instantly crash. Now, those yeah, cars so, are not safe, but, uh, you know, obviously it took them a little while, but then they started to create the American versions of these cars. And you would see it in the bumpers. The bumpers would be huge. The tires would be staggered. They would have cats on them. They would have different things than the European versions. That's why you always hear people being like, man, I wish I had the european, european spec. yeah yeah the euro spec you know um now staggered i think is just an easier way to manage understeering and handling instead of oh, spending it all on the chassis yeah. dynamics because they would have to spend a ton more money trying to figure out what spring rates to use but still be compliant to invoke that kind of safety um, and also like i just think the technology with cars nowadays has just gotten so advanced that these cars are going so fast that you really need more tread you need width in order to really keep the keep the power down nowadays and yeah, make a weight. yeah so yeah that that's that's what i believe is the reason staggered stuff started hmm. uh, and also cars just got heavier and bigger and you know yeah. bigger tires yep. uh but that being said powin in the last year and a half or so you have caught a bug the track bug how how has that been going for you um it's been going good i mean i will say like a common thing that is among e36 guys is like the first year you own any e36 it's just going to give you hell because you're chasing <laughs> a check engine light you're doing all the maintenance you're making sure that everything that has been touched was done properly like that car humbled me because i still think that i overpaid for it the only reason why I bought it to begin with was I started having a bug to own an M3 because I was like, I've only really like driven the three series and I've driven an E46 M3. And that's kind of was like what I was, what I felt like I missed most. So come around, it was May-ish 2021. Uh, Bitcoin was doing really well. <laughs> so I sold like, I think $9,000 worth of it just to buy this car that happened to pop up on Marketplace <laughs> by a guy that was trying to get rid of it because he was closing down his shop, moving to a different one, and the car was in the way. So it needed mm -hmm. to be gone. So I got a decent deal, but dude, like the car, the reverse lights don't work. The car like had all these deletes done to it and it didn't have like anything tuned out or like updated or done properly so that like there was like bolts and vacuum lines, like bolts zip tied in vacuum lines. Mm -hmm. And then there was crushed brake lines probably the third drivetrain in the car swapped into the car like it was it was pretty clapped when i got it yeah. um but that car did satiate the track bug so i spent a whole year trying to figure out all the bugs to make the car at least a good baseline so i included like overhaul of all the gaskets on the intake cooling system again suspension fortune auto 500s yeah tires, now the whole dunks. episode with the, the yeah. rear spring purge Oh my God. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, the rear spring perch from the old, 
I think HKS kit or something just would not come apart. Yeah. And then, but yeah, so like the track bug kind of started once that car was finished, kind of getting it roadworthy. Uh, I went to Canaan. Uh, I think it was in June of mm-hmm. last year. And then that was my first track day. And I would recommend Canaan to anyone trying to do HPDE and specifically through mass tuning because it's just so well organized and it's just a smooth process. And they prioritize instruction for free for beginners. So Canaan was a perfect track because it just looked like a track that taught you how to do certain corners that might be challenging in other tracks, if that makes right. any sense. Like you have a chicane, you have a really nice straight, but it has a kink in it. So you got to be very careful with how you modulate the position of the car and how it leans in order to get the turn just right, maximizing your speed, late braking zones, braking zones that you can have different lines and stuff. So like every time I went, I was trying something different. And that was what really started the bug because after like six sessions, I was just like, all right, the car is still in one piece. It might have a broken sway bar bracket. Cause I like kind of went off and then something snapped, but like, all right, I think I can do this. Spend another 700 bucks for the next one. Right. <laughs> like prep maintenance, oil changes, all that. Like, let's go. So I had another one that end of the year, I think in like October, September, October. And then I just called it for the year. I was like, okay, you know, I just, can't do any more financially because now i gotta do more stuff to the car and that was where the subframe job kind of got into play so i redid all the subframe bushings in the rear last winter and finished it in the spring and then on to my third track day this year so i did i think i did canaan thompson and i'm doing another canaan event at the end of the month so eddie if you if you're around let me know if you can come i got yeah yeah i saw the text i haven't replied to i'm sorry i'm a I'm a dickhead. Uh, okay. I, I will. I will look. I'm. I'm almost certain I'm away. But if I'm not, I will gladly come and watch. I know my car won't be available though. It'll be under the knife, getting ready. I mean, if you want to squeeze me. in my seat, you can drive it. <laughs> you know what? I'm honestly. I. I. I honestly, it would be a pleasure to uh, be a passenger. Awesome. Passenger princess for you. Uh-huh. So that's how he's a passenger princess. I would be happy to go around Canaan and show you the what. You don't already know which is probably nothing because you've been there more than i have lately so i know uh, i can always learn a new thing or two from you definitely for sure because i think what i'm struggling with is being a little bit more brave like when i take uh, risks i take risks stupidly like so uh, i need i need to learn how to take risks cautiously you know that's kind well, of where i'm at because like i break early just to be safe but so uh, you can take a lot of life lessons and put them on the racetrack and I mean this in the best way. You just got to know when to send it and when not to send it. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I think I think the thing is with, you know, what you're saying is you get almost. You're like, you know, you're stressing yourself out in the car and then you try to. Why is he laughing about it? Yo, every time we hit a fucking hour, you just just go off. Saying random ass shit. No, I'm not. I'm trying to give this guy a life lesson over here. <laughs> and relate it to racing. I'm trying to relate it. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, you know, when when you start to overthink things is when shit hits the fan, it sounds like. Yeah. Right? You're I like, will say, oh, though, when you're, when you're in the moment, though, you don't really overthink. You're just like, oh, crap, crap, crap. Where do I break? You know, that's pretty much it. I think when yeah. I overthink is when I'm initially starting and warming up the tires. Because mm. I think that was part of the reason why I went off uh, the last time I was at Canaan. I was only two laps in. It was the very first session of the day. Um, I did not heat up the R triple eights enough because those were heat cycled so much where it really needed a good amount. Three. Oh four yeah. Laps. We need to get you off of those. That's we need that's, to, we need to get you some. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, good. I'm back on the Nang Kang CR ones. All right. So I got four fresh ones on the new wheels that I bought, which had the R triple eights on them. But yeah. Basically, like I was overthinking it. I overshot a turn and didn't really apply a proper technique. Like I had to press the brake ever so slightly to dip the car a little bit more so it would turn sharper. Yeah. But, uh, two laps in, first session of the day, went off 100 feet in the track. Another <laughs> thing I like about Canaan is that there's no rocks. There's nothing that you're going to hit when you go off. Unless yeah. there's one wall on the main street. That's yeah. it. There's, there's one wall and you really have to fuck up to hit that wall. Now, unfortunately, you have to try to save it. I think. Unfortunately, if you try to save it. You're going to hit it. I was going to say, unfortunately, I've seen some people hit that wall because it's like a tight. I don't even know, like at least eighty degree turn. You know, that, With that a tight bump. left, 
and then there's yeah. a bump and it just unsettles the car and if like you have a car that's really twitchy it can easily catch you off guard and, and oh yeah loop you i would say so. if you had anything less than like a nine nine inch width tire you're gonna feel the traction very unsettled like kind of oh yeah unsettled. unless yeah, you're a my, miata because miatas just go like go-karts <laughs> my, my fastest lap there that bump probably took like almost half a second off because my front tire lost grip and just smoked yeah. it smoked it the tire sucks out. the it sucks the speed out too yeah because like you kind of yeah. like the car almost wants to like ease into it almost that was when i'm like man i wish i had all-wheel drive <laughs> yes no you don't i was i was completely <laughs> trying to chase like a all-wheel drive uh, golf r on the track the last time and i was like man he's like a full second and a half faster and i think it's because he's able to navigate the track at different points when it comes to throttle input and braking that's you'll, just not capable with my car you'll know when you see a fast golf r when every fucking light is on the dash <laughs> and <laughs> every every goddamn traction control system is broken because those cars get all sorts of angry when you go on the track that's when you know the guys you know the guy or girl wow. is really pushing those things so uh, or in bmw and Type R talk just when your car just overheats and blows coolant or something or something yeah. else. My, you know, my car doesn't. Your car's throw, been okay. That car it's doesn't throw right. lights. It just slows the fuck down. Like it's it just like, like. Yeah, I remember it, you wanted a Honda data kit just because you could keep up a little bit more at where it should be normal because it would yeah. either heat soak or just like it's just does it's just not feeling it that day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Now the car's good enough where like even if it's a really hot day, I'll get two or three laps and that's all I need. Yeah. Uh, but like back in the day, as you remember, Pound, it was like trial and error, that car. Because you took a long time to cool down too. So you always like negotiated maybe two or three cool down laps. So you really only had like 75% of your session dedicated to like trying and like which, actually which might Which might have helped me in the long run because like I'm – I've come to the conclusion that I'm really good at just like, if I have one chance, I'm going to do all I can on that one shot. Cause <laughs> I'm so used to having a car that after that one lap, she's done. She's yeah. tired. She's worn the fuck out. So like, I just got to use every little bit I have on one lap and just keep all my focus on the one that on that one lap. So Makes there's a lot of strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, there's there's more to, there's more strategy than you would think with time and talk with time and talk time and tack. <laughs> That's the new TikTok. You're right. It is. It's one. It's one hour. I'm starting to talk. I'm starting there to mumble. Uh, there's more strategy to it because like my okay. So the first thing is that I've learned is if you go out there in your first few heats and you fuck up, you're fucked for the rest of the weekend. Let's just <laughs> start with that because you get stuck in the back. And I'm not saying being in the back is that bad, but it's like the mid to lower three quarters of the pack is the worst because you get all the shit from the people up front and none of the benefits from being way in the back because if you're way in the back you can actually slow down and get pretty you know a pretty clean lap as long as the people up front don't royally fuck up mm -hmm. uh, so like for me I either want to be in the front or way in the back like i actually really like being in the back and just letting everybody go way ahead of me because yep. then I can just let the car basically coast halfway around the warm-up lap because I don't want to be at speed. I know you're supposed to be at speed, but my car gets really fucking hot. So like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to try to coast that shit as much as I can. And then right at the end, then go for it. So, but I'm sure Devin could agree. If you are stuck, like you get stuck in the back, it's a lot harder to make time up than if you have open space in the front. Yeah, well, you know, I had to have a working car for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said in the last podcast, for all we know, your car has been down on boost since last year. You have no, no fucking idea. You have no idea. You get on track next year and you're just going to be like, you start breaking your records by like four or five seconds. And you're just like, man, this shit's been weak sauce, like three years. But so you got to think like that. Strong. You guys deal with all your troubles so much that like to the point where I'm changing shit that doesn't need to be changed, but I'm changing it because I'm just like, if I touch this, I know for sure it's not going to let me down yeah. instead of trust. Like I just Seriously. did a water pump. Like I just did a water pump last weekend and I thought I needed to change it and I pulled it out. It was the same 
aftermarket like upgraded water pump. I'm like, huh, didn't need to do that, but I'm doing it anyway because I'm like, this thing is gonna go if I if I let this one go. Like for preventative sure. maintenance goes a long way. Yes, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know I didn't know from you. You taught me the brake line flush. You gotta you gotta change it out every like six to twelve months or something, right? Because it's hydroscopic. Yes. Like, I didn't well, know okay. That. Anything so I, that I like a oh, I think we lost him. Well, oh. Am I still here? There you are. He's there. You're here. You're here. I'm sorry. All right. You were saying we we missed what you said. You said something about like hydroscopic something. Oh yeah. Other. So so yeah. No, like you saved me a lot because I if I had if I didn't know that I needed to plan to change my brake fluid like once a season at least, you know, like I would have probably ran those brake that brake fluid until like it got really really cruddy. I, mean, oh, I think I got known it. Um, got real fucked up. You would have yeah. known. Yeah, you would hit that pedal and been like, "Fuck, I should have listened to Eddie." That was that was me at Watkins. I was like, "Ooh, okay, I'm going in." Think now, that little speed shop. I was gonna say those guys are awesome. They saved me too. That fucking speed shop. Brake fluid, brake fluid, brake fluid. All right, well, brake fluid. <laughs> Long story short, yeah, welcome back. Long story short, change your brake fluid when you think you need to change it because better safe than fucking yep. sorry. Powing. Yep. Thank you for coming on tonight. I know it was a last minute text by me asking you, but we've been trying to do this for a while. So yeah. I'm glad we could get you on here. I'm glad. And I'm sorry. I didn't know that you thought you had to, to actually physically come over here. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I fully expect like, okay, I'm going to drive to Eddie. I got a budget of a half hour. And then I was just like, we're nah, not that professional. If I live there, maybe we have a studio. But, but hey, we're in the modern times. Like, this is how you do it. You don't yeah. have to leave your home. Comfort of your exactly. home in my uncomfy gamer chair. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you again for giving us a bit of what you're about. And where can we find you? I mean, you guys can find me on Instagram, POWOW66. I have an unactive channel. I'm probably going to end up posting it onto it again when I have more free time, but that's called Pawinning. And then, of course, you guys, if you guys reach out in the DMs or comments or something on anything with the tag Acuity Instruments, chances are you'll run into me or members of our team. It's been a pleasure, guys. Like, yeah, it's been awesome. One last question I have for you. What is your favorite Acuity part that they make? Acuity part? Yes. Well, I mean, well, what parameters? Would you say, like, when it comes to budget Anything anything? that's in that... Anything that's in that fucking Ooh. catalog. What's your favorite <laughs> for you, though? Not because of what it does. Make Why do you like it the best? Okay, so I guess the part that really spoke to me as this is a company that's innovative and is going to go really far when it comes to trying to be the best out there, it was the short shifter. Because mm. I did everything progressively to the car. Base bushings, cable bushings, centering spring. And then I got the rocker arm and then the short throw adapter. And then those already impressed me beyond what I was expecting with aftermarket mods. I didn't think it could get better. And then I got the shifter and I was just like, holy crap, this guy's a magician. <laughs> Russ is a magician. When it yeah. comes to like, designing parts, he combines like all this knowledge from like making parts for F1 cars, DTM cars, and then like having a job that like really fine-tuned like high-level engineering into like designs and stuff. It's just really cool how far you can take that in the aftermarket, especially when you see how much testing and how much homework he does on all these parts. And that shifter was kind of like really cemented that like I want to be with this company for a long time because I want right. to see where it goes. Like we're still only six, seven guys strong, but like every single year we're making really big leaps, whether it's through parts or whether it's through social media size or through sales. Like it's it's been really cool because each year I feel like we're learning new things still. And then we're growing in different ways. So it's it's been a great experience, especially involving all my friends too where i can it, like it's been it's it been a been blast awesome i would it I, I, awesome. it's it's like really like a dream come true like you don't often get a job that you can rope in your friends with you can still travel you can go to racing events there's not really many career paths that offer that stuff when it tailors really well to your hobbies and includes people yeah. so it's it's a very humbling experience and a very fun experience as well too awesome all right thanks away. guys wrap it up yeah thank you thank you i appreciate it i'll talk to you guys soon Come on, come on. It's not stopping. <laughs> All right, good night. Right. <laughs> so, it's stopping. It's not stopping. We've learned from this podcast is unless you want to be a fucking pit lizard, you gotta you gotta work at acuity to do all the shit with your stopping. friends. It's just gonna keep going. Fucking junk. <laughs>